Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the little bird marketing company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney. I am the mama bird and CEO. Before we get too far, let's talk about this show's sponsor. Do you know what lies behind your data? And I do mean lies. You see, when the truthfulness of respondents is in question, the entire survey process is compromised. Have you heard of cloud research? Well, let me tell you about how they are exposing the hard truth about online survey fraud. In partnership with Insights Association, they've put together a webinar that pulls back the curtain on fraudulent survey taking behavior. They are going to reveal shocking, never before seen footage from actual fraudulent click farms. You'll see that fraud as it truly happens with your own eyes and learn what can be done to stop fraudsters in their tracks. Don't miss this. I won't miss this. It's all happening November 3rd. Visit whatliesbehindyourdata.com to register. That's whatliesbehindyourdata.com. With me today is really a terrific friend, Hank Hoffmeyer. He did me a big fat favor just recently. Some of you know I'm the president of the American Advertising Federation here in our area, and that works on volunteers. So before I even get started, I'm going to give a big shout out and big thank you to Hank for volunteering because that's where it's at. Hank, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Priscilla. So much fun, and it was great to be connected to you, have conversations with you. Yeah, and you are the AAF. I am the chapter president for the American Marketing Association and the Triangle, which is Raleigh, North Carolina, if you don't know the Triangle. And I'm also the senior manager of marketing and operations at iContact, which is an email marketing platform. I love it. And we're going to talk about email marketing. You and I both love to talk shop. So here we go. (laughs) But you're really going to get to listen in on a conversation between two professionals who are doing so much marketing automation. And as we all know, marketing automation sounds amazing. And on one hand, it's it's where it's at. You can't be everywhere. You can't do everything you need to be able to nurture people even while you're sleeping. But things that should be so simple become so complicated. And Hank's job really, and where I think he lives and where you see the passion is saying, I know it's complicated. Let's bring it back to being simple again. Let's really make sure that we're honing in on the fundamentals. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're going to cover some things like what you're doing wrong <laughs> on email and you don't even know it. So please stop. So this is the, maybe we'll have one section that's like, just don't do it, <laughs> whatever it is. But also some of that, like, you just don't know what you don't know. So we're going to talk a little bit about what people don't know about email. And also I'm going to end with asking Hank really where email is going in 2023. So you can see we're going to have just an amazing romp about email, something no business can be without. So let's start with some of the basics, like what for you, Hank, are just kind of your duh, but you know, from saying them to people that they are really revelational (laughs) to people. So tell me what you find in your expertise and from sitting where you sit, what people just don't know about what's going on with email right now. Right. I don't like to say people are doing things wrong. They're just not doing it right. (laughs) It's good good clickbait for this podcast, Hank. Don't mess up my clickbait. (laughs) 
you're doing it all wrong. That's what we're going to do. I know I'm going to put a little are... picture in the show notes, a little picture of Hank with always, you're always wearing a cute hat whenever I'm talking with you. And I'm going to put a little picture of you and be like, you're doing it wrong, which is really not your approach. But yeah, tell me what you know is really the fundamentals that everybody should know about what's going on with email right now. And I'd love to, before we hop into the email part of this, I, I read an article recently that talked about negative headlines and the, mm. they're, they're, they're not in style anymore. You don't <laughs> want to shock and awe people. You want to, you want them to think positive and you want to tell them the things they should be doing right. I don't agree with that. I'd rather use the shock and awe. You're doing it wrong. Here's how to do it right. <laughs> right, but right. I don't know. Maybe these younger generations, maybe they're onto something. Maybe they want to know what to do right instead of what they're doing wrong. But Split test that, right? Split I guess test it, please. <laughs> we'll get into split testing a little bit, but okay. Well, maybe here's my next one is like all the things you're doing right and you didn't know. <laughs> so <laughs> all <laughs> well, you're right talking things you about, could be doing. <laughs> yeah. You're saying that people make it complicated and it needs to be simple. So I would say start simple if you, you haven't started doing, say, automation or, or split testing or segmentation, but always keep it simple. Don't try to think too hard and make it too complex. The end of the day, you want to build a relationship with email marketing because with email marketing, you can have that one-on-one -on -one type of feel when you're communicating with people. Number two, you own that list you have. On social media, you're renting the subscribers and the followers you have where with email, somebody gave you an email address. They trusted you with that information. You can build the relationship. Don't overthink it. Don't say, well, wow, I have to set up this very complex automation or I need to highly target them. Yes, you want to target them and give them the right information, but the targeting is not about you. It's for them. Simplify it. Give people value. Give them what they want and set a cadence that matters for your audience and stop thinking about it from a marketer's perspective. Wow, I have to hit them eight times before they might think about doing business with me. I better do that in the first week. Well, maybe not. Maybe that's too many emails to set up. Another thing people that they don't think about is email deliverability. The ability for your email to actually get into the inbox and instead of going to spam. And there's things that you could do proactively to ensure that doesn't happen. And that's called email authentication. I'm not sure how well-versed everyone listening will be about this, but the first one is SPF, Sender Policy Framework. And that just means, hey, the email is being sent by eye contact, but the sender, the person sending it is Hank Hoffmeyer. Does eye contact have permission to send this email for Hank Hoffmeyer? In other words, is it being spoofed? There's a record you can have on your domain or on your hosting provider, and eye contact does this automatically. Many providers do. It just says we have eye contact has permission to send Hank Hoffmeyer's email. That should always be set up. The next one is called DKIM, Domain Keys Identified Mail. This says the email has not been altered in transit. When it left the server that it was sent from to the recipient server, nothing happened, was not injected with malware. And that, again, is just a simple setting that you put on your host or on your domain, whatever you want to call that. And the last one's called DMARC. That one's optional in some ways. It really just tells the server, what do we do if the SPF and DKIM are not there? Do we quarantine it? Do we let it through or do we reject it? That just protects everybody's inbox for people spoofing you as somebody that has millions of dollars they want to give away and they're trying to get them to fall for that trick. And then also BIMI, which is kind of newer in the last couple of years, it allows you to have your logo show up in Gmail, Yahoo, rather than like a circle with the letter of your name, like I for eye contact. You have to have SPF and DMARC to set that up. 
And you also have to have a trademarked logo. Again, kind of optional, but having those four items really sets you up for success from the beginning so that your emails get into the inbox. And I said proactively. Now, reactively, value. You have to show value and you have to make sure you're only sending emails to people that want them. Don't purchase any lists. And if you do that along the way, more of your emails will be in the inbox almost all the time rather than not having the security set up, the authentication, and then sending, you want to send too much and people unsubscribe, mark your messages spam, or just simply ignore it. Those are some of the fundamentals. So really find out what your audience wants, send it to them, and make sure you have authentication set up, make sure you're providing value. Then you can hop into doing all the other things like automation, segmentation, split testing that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about split testing. But the the thing is, I, I love where you're coming at it. I love the idea of value. And you mentioned this right at the beginning is don't look at it from a marketer's perspective, right? It's like, I got to get this done because I've talked about this a lot in this podcast. We drive to work in our car. Well, some people aren't driving to work in their car. You get up from your bed and you walk to your kitchen table. I drive to my office. So I drive to my office and for the time from my home to the front door, I'm a human, but then you walk in and you become a marketer. And then you stop thinking, would I open this email? Like this email is a bag of crap on my doorstep. Why is this a job that I need to do? Like, why is someone handing this to me? I don't want a job, I want value. I don't mm -hmm. want to have to do your tasks for you. And so I think that's so key and it can't be really overstated. This idea of, would you want this email? Like before you send it, is there any value there? And I know you've, you've talked with a lot of people about what different types of value and what kinds of things you can do. But why don't you tell me a little bit about, let's say that we already have started, okay? Let's say that we've got something good. We know our ideal client persona. We're writing to that audience. And we've developed a list, probably through lead magnets or what, whatever you might call them, freemiums or downloadables or things of undeniable value that is of interest to your most ideal client. And they've downloaded, they've entrusted you with their email address, a little sliver of their privacy, and they've given it to you. And let's say people are listening right now and they have some kind of email cadence go on. What is really step two or step three, where maybe one or two tangible things they could take to really understand some of those bigger ideas about, you mentioned, segmentation and A-B testing. So break those down into something tangible that someone could try with an established email list. Right. Just to tee this off, you want people to buy or to want what you're offering, not what you as a marketer want to sell that given week, that given day, that given year. If you think about it from that mindset, you'll do so much better. How do I get them to want to buy rather than me trying to sell to them? You mentioned, say, an asset. Let's say I am a speaker, coach, consultant, and I want to get business. What I would do is I would set up a gated asset, a document about how to improve your marketing in 30 days. And it's a 15-page download and I do some advertising or maybe I'm on a podcast and I mention it. And you go to my website, you fill out a form. What's the next step? That's the question, right? Okay, well, now I'm just going to start selling to them, right? Now I want them to get the asset, but now I want them to book a call with me and pay the $200 an hour. You can't think of it like that. They want to have digestible, valuable information that helps them in the onset. First thing foremost, as soon as they give you the email address, you're going to send them the email. Thank you for connecting with me. Here's a link to the asset, the, the way to improve your marketing in 30 days. 
hey, I know that everybody's busy. Let me break this document down for you. What I want to do is talk about growth lever one. Let's say I have three growth levers in this document. And I talk a little bit about and break down growth lever one so that they don't have to go in and automatically read it right away, or maybe they won't be able to read it within the first two days. You're giving them tangible, valuable information right there. Then you create the FOMO of, in my next email, I'm going to talk about growth lever two. I'm not selling. Now, if you if nobody's picked up the book by Gary Vaynerchuk, jab, 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 right hook, highly recommend it. It's value, 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 ask for the sale. Then maybe three days later, I'll send a second email with growth lever two, tee up growth lever three. Talk about growth lever three and say, hey, if you've actually read the whole 15-page document, I'd love to hear your thoughts, provide some contact information. And in that email or maybe another one, a final email, you ask them to follow you on social media to get them to consume more of your content. Then that last email, final email, could be that fourth or maybe even a fifth email that asks for the sale. I hope you really enjoyed the asset and learning how to grow your marketing. If you want hands-on help, you could book a 30-minute free call with me, click my Calendly here, or you know, if you want to book a call with me or work with me, here's how that looks like. It's easy to set that up. Like I said, keep it simple. I didn't make that one complex. Then later, and I noticed you were talking about like using segmentation or something, what I could do later on, let's say I'm traveling around the country and I want to meet with people and have coffee with them to try to tee them up for maybe a new online training I have. What I could do is say, hey, I'm going to be in Dallas next week, which I will be. That's why I'm thinking about that. I'm speaking at the State of Search Conference. Uh, If anybody's going, come over and say hello to me. Be happy to meet you in person, shake your hand. What I would do is find out anyone that is in Dallas, if I have that information. Hopefully, I can ask for that during any type of sales process. And I can send an email to anybody that lives near or is in Dallas and say, hey, I'm going to be in Dallas next week. Love to grab some coffee with you. Reply to this email. Let me know if you'll be in Dallas. That's a simple way of using segmentation to properly target someone. I wouldn't want to say to people in, say, New Jersey, I'm going to be in Dallas next week. Do you want to grab coffee, right? That's what you're doing if you're sending to everyone, if you're collecting email addresses from around the world. Now, let me back up because to download that asset, that 15-page asset, I probably shouldn't be asking what state they're in. I would ask for the first name the email address, first name, so I could personalize the emails and make it feel like that one-on-one conversation, which is what we opened up about. Then later, I might do a survey or ask people to update their profile and say, hey, if you let me know what location you're in or what city you live in, I'll be able to give you better information that's more valuable to you. Please give me this information. It helps me send you the right contact and the right information. That would be very helpful. Restaurants always ask for that, especially if they have numerous locations or they ask what your birthday is, right? I don't know about you, but I love free or discounted meals. And usually when they ask for your birthday, they they want to send you a coupon for free dessert or discounted meal or something. I'm always giving them my birthday for that. And it's as simple as that, folks. Just create a plan, give them something that's valuable to them, and don't worry about the sale because nobody... Not really many people buy on the first touch unless, you know, you own a retail store and you have great prices. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about this show's sponsor. Searching for a research partner to handle the details of your next qualitative project? When we say fieldwork can handle it all, we mean it. From world-class facilities to low-incidence recruitment, their team of experts handles the details so you can stay focused on the research. Say goodbye to traditional focus group rooms and recruitment tactics. 
as market research has grown from the standard focus group to incorporate other innovative methodologies and technologies, fieldwork has expanded along with it. With facilities nationwide and sophisticated global recruitment services, their detail-oriented staff partners with you to achieve great insights. Focus on the research. Fieldwork will do the rest. So let's talk a little bit about that next maybe tangible thing, which is split testing. So A-B testing. A lot of people hear that word. And one of the things we love to do on Ponderings from the Purge is pull back the curtain and say, I know you hear A-B testing, but maybe you haven't even go, you, you don't really know what it means or you don't really know how to get started in it. But it is actually so simple. But can you tell me, kind of using our funny headline, what is it that people are doing wrong with A-B testing when they get started right. and they get really excited about, oh, I'm going to test A-B, you know, I'm going to do A-B testing. And then it kind of all goes to hell in a handbasket. So give us the, just like the really quick best practices about A-B testing and why people really need to make that a part of their strategy in email marketing. Right. And first thing is they're doing it wrong by not doing it at all. Many marketers are not using split testing and split testing would be as simple as like keeping this, this mantra of being simple taking a version of your email and changing one element. Another thing they do wrong is they may test two different types of emails that are holistically different. If I wanted to do a subject line test, I only change the subject line. I wouldn't change any graphics. I wouldn't change any content because the results, you wouldn't be able to determine what made one email better or worse than the other. If we take the subject line example, you create an email, copy it, simple as copying it, change your subject line, and then you're going to set it up to do maybe what we call a 10-10-80. Take 10% of the list you want to send to or your segment, whatever you want to send to your audience, and they get version A. Another 10% gets version B. That goes out into the wild to that 20% total. And you wait maybe 24 to 48 hours and you come back and you look at your analytics. Sometimes this can be automated too. After 24 hours, whichever one has the highest open rate, go ahead and send the remaining 80%, the winning version of this email, or you can set it up to be manual for most platforms. But it's as simple as that, 10, 10, wait a little bit, whichever one has a higher opens because we're testing the subject line, you send it to the remaining 80%. I had a client once that talked him into doing split testing and he eventually said, and I always use it as a quote, I don't know why everyone does not do split testing. It's like getting free opens with every send. I was like, can I use that? He's like, yes. You could test content images, but again, change one thing at a time so you know what's moving the needle. And maybe if there's only a 0.1 or a half percent increase in open rates from one version to another, I call that statistical noise. It's You didn't really have a clear winner. Therefore, I consider both subject lines a success and you just choose one and you send it. Mm, I love that. But then you can go through and start doing AB on, like you said, change the graphic, change the just change one thing at a time and, and keep focused on that. I love that. So, okay, now I'm going to maybe say something super unpopular, but sometimes when I bring up email marketing, everybody says to me, oh, nobody reads email anymore. And I'm like, really? Because actually you and I read email all day long. If you really think about your own personal life, you're constantly reading email. So this, I, there is this kind of I don't know, just this like uh, urban myth that people don't read email anymore. And people think in some ways it gets a rap of being kind of passe. But you and I both know that it is a major part and it is an integral part of a full marketing ecosystem and we cannot be without it. But give right. me some of the freshest and the best stuff. Where do you think from your your position as an expert in email marketing, where are we going with email in 2023? 
Right. Well, email marketing is only 32 years young. It's <laughs> still got a lot of life in it and it's very effective. It has the highest ROI of any marketing channel right now. It is because it's kind of that personal safe space where, oh, I could choose to go into my inbox and read emails when I want to. Everybody hates the fact that Gmail has the primary folder, the promotions folder, the updates, but that actually was one of the best things to happen to email marketing. A lot of people say, well, I don't want my emails to be in promotion. I want them to be in primary. I understand that. But there was a good gentleman that worked for Google a long time ago, uh, Matt Cutts. He actually works for the government now. He was on stage and he said, if you're trying to game the system to get your email into the primary folder instead of the promotions folder, he said, just don't do it. The way he said it was like, you'll get punished if you try to do that. Keep in mind a People have a mindset of when they want to buy something, they're they're going to go buy something. You shouldn't be forcing your emails into where friends and family are, important updates. If I'm ready to buy, I go to my promotions tab. I check it regularly. And a lot of people I know do the same thing. Just make sure that you're doing the right things with email marketing and you will be successful. Like, like we were talking about, if you give people what they want and the content they want and get them to come back for more they'll continue to read your emails, almost like social media, like going viral in a way. You just want to build that relationship. And as I mentioned, by injecting the first name or any other information like location information, products they've purchased or maybe not purchased into an email, which you can do, it makes it feel like a conversation. Like Even though we know the first name is being injected, it just feels really good to see your name in print or to see really cool subject lines. And if I'm ready to buy sneakers and maybe a sporting goods store sent me an email and it's a deal at that time, I'll see it and I open it. Whereas on social media, it has to be an ad. And sometimes the ads aren't that great, but I mean, well, Instagram, you know, I intend to buy a lot off of Instagram ads, but I think emails is so much more successful. When you sign up for a social media account, what do they ask you for? Your email address. It's still relevant. Your email address is used for a lot of things. It's in some ways your identity. You can choose different names and different handles for most of your social media accounts. But with email, it's it's an identity. It's a brand that being sent. And then you have an identity of your inbox and you're kind of the gatekeeper. I know, I know we get spam, but you're still kind of the gatekeeper of what comes into your inbox and who you allow into your inbox. And there's a lot of changes and things are changing with the way we measure metrics. And I don't know if you want to talk about iOS 15 and how that changed email marketing. Do we have a couple minutes to talk about that? Let's do it. Yeah. I'm telling you, people ask me this all the time. This is where they pull me aside in a cocktail party and be like, what am I supposed to do about this? <laughs> For years on stage, I always tell people to have what's called good list hygiene. Take a look at people who are not opening your email for say six months or a year and do what's called a re-engagement campaign. Maybe send them a series of three emails. Are we breaking up question mark? Right. I don't know about you, but somebody's breaking up with me. I'm going to open that email to find out why. And in that email, you say, we noticed you haven't been opening our emails. Would you like to continue to receive them? Here's a special offer, blah, blah, blah. The next one is here's the divorce papers. And the last one is, you know, it's final. See you next time. Try to win them back. That was all based on open rates, whether or not somebody's opened an email. And believe me, folks, if somebody has been on your list for a year and they haven't opened an email, it actually hurts you because especially Gmail and others, but I always use Gmail because they have a strict algorithm. If let's say at some point you have a hundred Gmail subscribers and 60 of them or 60% of them are not opening your emails, that actually hurts you. That means that Gmail is going to say, hey, this is not a relevant sender. Let's send more of those emails to spam. That's why list hygiene is very important. 
But last year, Apple and iOS 15 released a feature in their email platform, which helps with protecting people's data. So if you you have an iPhone and you're using the built-in email app, which you can check Gmail, Yahoo, your business email in that app, it doesn't have to be Apple, iCloud. What they're doing is automatically opening that email, whether or not you open your device, open that email or not, it counts as an open. Basically, it's a false open. So if you're one of those marketers that always say, I have a 30% open rate, you might want to rethink what's going on. And I said that with emphasis because you should not always rely on your open rate. To me, the bottom line is that they make a purchase. That's my metric. Click rates are, are a good one. You know, or maybe a conversion rate, you know, connecting to Google Analytics. But with this change with iOS, what you need to do is start looking at people who haven't opened and clicked. So if somebody hasn't opened and has not clicked in a year, I might want to run that cadence. I have an example in my iContact demo account where we actually use clicks as that metric. Somebody who hasn't opened and hasn't clicked in a year and has been on my list for a year, Let's go ahead and send them these emails and be transparent about it. Just say with the things that the way they are now, we want to make sure you want to, you receive our emails by clicking this link below. You're telling us you want to receive these emails. Please help us. It's okay to say something like that. And then they understand why they're clicking. And it could be a simple landing page they go to and say, thank you. The fun continues. Look out for our next email or something. Or it can go back to your main website, whatever you want to do. But I always like to have fun and give people what they want. Give them fun things to look at, like four or four pages when a page doesn't work, it should be fun, right? It shouldn't be, oh my God, or it should be just, this page does not exist. It could be a sad puppy and say, this page is not here or something you know, really funny. That's cool. But yeah, that's the change with Apple. DuckDuckGo is a browser that's doing the same thing. And then they, they have like an email client. It's going to be coming to more. There's going to be changes coming with email marketing that people just don't realize, hey, email hasn't changed in 32 years. Yes, it has. Gmail's changed. iOS changed the game. But again, if you're providing value and you're giving your subscribers what they want, it shouldn't matter. They'll continue to engage with your emails and you'll have better deliverability. Well, I know that you volunteer your time and I appreciate you giving away so much free expertise here, but I just want to tee you up just for a minute about eye contact because you say email's changing in its content. It's overwhelming how much stuff needs to be done in order to constantly keep this kind of hygiene and also make sure that we're meeting just legal standards. So I do want to give a shout out to companies like iContact. Of course, there's a lot of competitors out there that they're not volunteering their time this morning on my podcast so they don't get the airtime. But this idea of really working with email marketing expert using a verified system it's not email marketing is not go find the cheapest and the easy, the setup quick, you know, type of a marketing automation platform. And so just a shout out to eye contact and really them taking a lot of that off your plate and say, if you set up an account with us, we're already going to hit these table stakes. You're not going to have to worry about a half of those things. And then we're going to talk about how do we customize beyond that. So I just wanted to give you a fair enough shout out for that. But you and I love valuable resources. We've talked about this, about how it is a major lift, a major way that we actually create really valuable email lists. And I could not agree with you more. All of my listeners probably laugh when you said working on social, that that's rented space. I always tell people it's leased land and we're social media experts. It, it is a major important part of the ecosystem. Get people who don't know you, don't love you, 
would never even be able to pick you up out uh, out of a lineup and you get them to engage with you through social it's amazing you can leverage this at scale but at some point you've got to bring them and you've got to bring them into your ecosystem right so that you're not constantly paying to play out there in social world you want right. to be able to now nurture them in your own way but you and i love valuable resources for that reason and i know you have several but maybe if you could share one today if someone wants more juicy information about expertise you have and wants to engage with you and really see what is a cadence that is proper here let get involved in a cadence from an actual email marketing expert and you can see for yourself how it feels different when you receive that email and how it begins with value and it continues to build rapport over time so what do you think for my audience would be a great downloadable resource right the one i want to offer today is called the ultimate subject line guide it has 501 examples of good and bad subject lines subject lines you shouldn't use and this is all from data that we've collected uh, from our platform. It breaks it down by type of email, whether it's an automation email or welcome email, general email. There's holiday examples, and it's also broken down by industry. It's a well-thought-out document. You can get it at bit.ly slash wow subject lines. Again, bit.ly slash wow subject lines. And if you're listening and you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, you know, Hank Hoffmeyer, let me know you listen to this podcast. I have this weird rule where I, where I don't accept blind invites, so you'll get a weird reply for me if you do. But if you say you heard me on the podcast, I have a couple others that I can link to you and send to you that are pretty cool as well. I love that. And it's Hank Hoffmeyer, H-O-F-F. M-E-I-E-R. So find him online. But Hank, I'm going to go download that 501 examples because listen, email marketers, we always are learning. Nothing is ever static in this industry. We have to always keep our eyes and ears open. And I so appreciate just the sharing back and forth as colleagues, all of the best practices that we know. And I love that this guide was actually created from research. This isn't just Hank's idea. They know how powerful subject lines can be. So I'm definitely going to download it. Uh, and Hank, thank you so much for taking your time on Ponderings from the Perch and just giving away this wonderful expertise. Thank you for having me. It's fun and go out and be more valuable. <laughs> I love that. I wish that were my tagline. <laughs> from all the peeps here at Little Bit of Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. And in, to that, in this one with happy email marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.